0: believe that it is already time for week two week one is in the books it is completely done over said finito out of sight will never happen again for the 2023 season but week two promises to have some intriguing matchups chief of which we'll be talking about today the minnesota vikings and the philadelphia eagles Typically, Thursday night football is a snooze fest. Uh, It is just not enjoyable at all. This might be one of the rare exceptions to that rule. Often when we talk about Thursday night football, we find matchups between the Texans and the, I don't know, Cardinals. And they're like, this game is going to make people want to watch Thursday night football. Or you know what? What? Rivalry games are going to make people want to watch Thursday Night football, so let's let's put the Steelers and the Browns on Thursday Night Football, but nobody wants to watch that. I'm a Steelers fan. I don't want to watch that as a Thursday night game. I hate that. that it, <laughs> no. Thursday Night Football has a soft spot for some. If you are a true football fan, many people would say you can't be without being a Thursday Night football fan, but I love football. And the matchups on Thursday night often just make me feel so Don't like them. Not at all. Today we have a daunting task. There's two things that we really have to think about. Number one, what's about to happen with the New York Jets? Are they really going to just stick with Zach Wilson? Or could Carson Wentz be on the rise? Is it possible that at least the conversation would be that Tom Brady might come back. Spoiler alert, I don't I don't see that one happening, but I have to say it because I'm contractually obligated to tell you what I've been hearing. Is Aaron Rodgers able to bounce back? Those are all the questions that have been storming the media all week long, and you know what's kind of been lost? And what will magically be talked about all day tomorrow is the Eagles and the Vikings. This is an interesting game. I'm not quite sure where I fall on my prediction of this, and whether or not it's going to be accurate. I would like to think that it will be. I went nine and seven last week. the uh, The Jets game really ruined my ability to be completely comfortable over five hundred. Uh, but you know, I've never really predicted every single game every single week, so I'm kind of curious to see how well I do week to week. Week one went nine and seven. Week two. I'm going to go sixteen and zero. I can just feel it. Uh, no, I, I doubt. I doubt that. There are some matchups on here that we'll be talking about tomorrow. That I very much think are, are suspect as to whether or not I'm going to be right. But I have the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Minnesota Vikings tonight, and I'm not so sure that it's going to be close. Only because the Vikings did not play well against a very unknown Buccaneers team and an unknown quarterback in what Baker Mayfield was going to be able to provide. The Vikings should have completely done whatever they wanted this past Sunday, but they were unable to. And so for that reason, I struggle to see them going into Philadelphia where the champs will be coming back from the NFC East East and NFC champions are going to be coming back for their title defense of the NFC on their route, hopefully, in their minds, to be Super Bowl champs. I think the Vikings are going to have a tough time. And so I feel like this game could be a 30-23. to I think Justin Jefferson will have a good game. I think Kirk Cousins is able to throw for a lot of yards. But Jalen Hurts did not really have that signature big game, and Kenneth Gainwell got hurt, so he's not going to be playing tomorrow night. Set your fantasy lineups accordingly. Alexander Madison, though, was nasty. Didn't play anything of note. 11 carries, 34 yards. They couldn't get anything going. But Justin Jefferson was his usual self when they played week one against the Buccaneers. He had nine uh, catches for 150 yards. Talking about this game really makes me think that it's going to be one of the only games that's exciting. Let's just give you a for instance. Next week, we'll be talking about the Giants and 49ers on Thursday Night Football. Week four, Lions and Packers. That one could be sneaky good. Week five, Bears and Commanders. You see what I'm saying yet? Uh, Week six, Broncos and Chiefs. Do Do you guys realize Mahomes has never lost to the Denver Broncos? Never in his career. And that's the Thursday night game. Week seven, Jaguars and Saints. That one could be decent, I guess. Week eight, Buccaneers and Bills. I guess that could be good if Baker Mayfield continues to play well. Week nine, Titans and Steelers. Neither one of those had inspiring week one efforts, and so I'm not so sure that those are going to be good games or not. Panthers and Bears. The Bears get to have another Thursday night game. Week 11, Bengals and Ravens. That one could be a good one. Week 12 is obviously when we talk about having Thanksgiving Day football. Here are the matchups for Thanksgiving Day. Packers and Lions. They literally play each other again on Thursday. Uh Oh, and the schedule makers did that and said, we've done them a favor. Not, okay. Commanders and Cowboys. Uh, This used to be known by another name, and then something was changed. Uh, Jerry World happened. Uh, That's a joke. Just, you know. Uh, The Commanders and Cowboys will be playing, and then the 49ers and the Seahawks. Then you have Week 13, Seahawks and Cowboys. They literally play back-to-back Thursday night, or Thursday games. Patriots and Steelers. Chargers and Raiders. Saints and Rams. Saints get two games. Steelers get two games. Jets and Browns. Bet that game isn't going to be what they're hoping. Uh, Jets and Browns here in week 17. Week 18. There is no Thursday night game. So uh, let me just ask you to send me an email. goat at gmail.com. G-O-A-T-V-S-G-O-T-E at gmail.com. Let me know what Thursday night games you're truly looking forward to. But I'm going to throw this caveat in there. Cannot talk about the Thanksgiving Day games. That's cheating. Uh, Because that's the only thing there really is to do on Thursday for Thanksgiving other than eat is to bicker with your family and watch football. And hopefully do some online shopping and get some really great deals for Black Friday. Thursday night football is forever going to be that type of matchup that the first week that it happens is probably going to be interesting. Chiefs and Lions, that was a good game. It was a little sloppy, of course, but it was a good game. It was a thrilling matchup. The Lions came in to Arrowhead and walked out with a one-point victory, stamping themselves as potential contenders this season. This week, Vikings and Eagles, that promises at least to be an interesting matchup, but from there, Lions and Packers twice is about the best that we're going to get. I don't know that any other game now, maybe I'll be wrong, and some of these games will look good record-wise, but I would almost be willing to stake a claim to the prediction that we're going to see a lot of teams where one team has a pretty okay record to decent or great record, and the other team is just bad, just not any good. But we're going to watch it because it's football, and we love it. Vikings and Eagles, 30-23, to 23, I think, Eagles over the Vikings, Justin Jefferson scores two touchdowns, but in the end, it's just not enough as Jalen Hurts has his first signature put a Hurts on you type game. Now, with the time we have remaining, let me give you some fantasy football advice. Here are the trending up and trending down players and whether I agree or disagree. Let's start with the trending down. Deion Jackson, number one, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Yikes. I mean, the, the, the job should have been his, and he played well last year. He didn't get anything going against the Jaguars. And now Zach Moss is coming back, and it doesn't look like he's going to get anything going this week either. Number two and number three on the trending down list are, are pretty self-explanatory, Aaron Rodgers and J.K. Dobbins. Now listen, if you are in a dynasty fantasy football league, meaning you keep the players that you draft. It's not a redraft league where you draft a new team every year. Please do not drop Aaron Rodgers or J.K. Dobbins just because they're out for the season. Never. Listen, if your team has no IR spots, okay, I could understand maybe you would get to a point where you would have to get rid of them. Trade them. Trade them. Get a fifth-round pick for J.K. Dobbins. Uh, get a, get a fourth-round pick or higher, possibly, for Aaron Rodgers. Somebody might be willing to pay it. One of your teams out there might be willing to... I, look, I saw a trade the other day where Ryan Tannehill netted a second-round pick. If a team needs a quarterback, they're going to pay for it. They're going to want to get that quarterback, and they're going to overpay in some cases. Sorry, Bradley. Aaron Rodgers and J.K. Dobbins are obviously trending down because they're not going to play the rest of this year. The next two are interesting because they were projected to have good, week ones and did nothing, really. Isaiah Likely, the tight end for Baltimore, who took over for an injured Mark Andrews, yeah, he had a great game. He had one target for four yards. That was it. That's all he caught, too. One reception, I should say. Van Jefferson, he was supposed to have a great day. He had five targets. He caught four of them for 24 yards. That was it. Um... Just hold the thought, all right, about everything else going on. (laughs) Because there's a point to all this. But Van Jefferson should have outperformed some of the players that did outperform him. Number six, Greg Dolcic, or Dulcich, depending on how you say it. Uh, Greg is a guy that I thought was going to have a monster second season. Unfortunately, he has been sidelined with a hamstring injury. Uh, He's not going to be able to play, and he's more than likely not playing week two, Uh, He's been unable to practice, and so Adam Troutman is probably going to be stepping in and taking over for him until he can come back. Now, when Greg comes back, I don't have any delusions that Troutman is going to be the guy going forward. I just don't see that. Number seven, Noah Gray trending down. This is mainly because Travis Kelsey has been reported and projected to come back week two, but also really Noah Gray he had three receptions for 31 yards, but he didn't really do anything with his five targets and opportunity that he had either. Sky Moore comes in here at number eight. Sky Moore. Uh, three targets, no receptions. I think this will course correct. I think this is fool's gold in the sense that someone might say, ah, Sky is terrible, I'll sell him. Take the fool's gold here. From them. They're, they're literally... I, I, there's probably a better phrase. I just can't think of it right now. Take all the Skymore, you know, shares that you can get. I think you could have a big year. Rasheed Rice is another name that I think you should kind of be putting on there. Uh, but let's see. Greg Dulcich, number six. Noah Gray, number seven. Number eight, Skymore. Number nine and number ten. Marvin Mims and Rashad Penny. Uh, Marvin Mims, I think right now, is kind of on the... I don't know that the, the, the ter- trending down list simply because he didn't actually have a pretty big game. But I, I wouldn't really suggest that he was expected to. I think the Jerry Judy injury being a factor is part of why they were thinking he would have such a bigger game, but that was a low scoring affair, and he was really been he was really drafted to start off as a return man, slot receiver, and then he's thrust in his very first game, very first game to take over Jerry Judy's spot. Not a great plan. Rashad Penny didn't even play week one. Um, He's trash. He's been trash for a few years as far as fantasy football is concerned. You know, you, you look back to last year, his M.O. has always been to be hurt. Always. He has one massive, you know, big game, and then he's out the rest of his time. In 2021 with the Seattle Seahawks, he had his best year. 119 attempts, 749 yards. He still got hurt. Scored six touchdowns that year. Playing in Philadelphia this year, I I just I think Jalen Hurts is going to run before anybody else. Let's shift over to the trending up. Let's go descending order, number 10 to number one. Uh, number 10, I'm going to say, is not trending up because he's not going to be playing. This is a, this is a glitch. So we're going to go with 2-2 Atwell. Kenneth Gainwell won't be playing tomorrow night, uh, tonight. So don't worry about that. 2-2 Atwell, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. Here he is in his third year. He's five foot nine, but he plays like he's 6 feet tall. He had eight targets, six catches, and 119 yards against the Seattle Seahawks secondary, which is very good. It's a very good secondary and Tutu Atwell played very well against it. I think that continues over the next couple of weeks. They play a couple of teams that I think he could have a a pretty decent amount of success against. We'll see what happens. Number nine, Zach Moss. Zach Moss didn't play in week one, but he's projected, after being a full participant in practice this week, he's been projected to be the starter. He probably would have been the starter last week, had it not been for his surgery on his fractured arm he had on August 1st. Zach Moss, you might be able to get him for a 7th in some of your leagues. In a dynasty league is what I'm really talking about. I don't know that I would really give anything up for him in a regular standard redraft league, but a dynasty league, yeah, I would I would, I would take a flyer if he needs some running back depth. Rashid Shaheed comes in at number 8. Uh, this guy has promise. He's a He's a kick returner. That has done very, very well. But he's blossoming as a wide receiver, too. Kind of flying under the radar here because you have Michael Thomas and you have Chris Alave. And he he didn't have more targets than either one of those two, but they're, they're one and, and two. They're the number one and two receivers. But he had the third most targets, six. Alave had ten, Michael Thomas had eight, and Shahid had six. He caught five for 89 and a touchdown. Rashid Shahid. Keep that name in mind. Hunter Henry is a guy that I think could be an interesting, you know, stash if he's available in your league, plays for the New England Patriots. He's a tight end, was targeted six times, caught 56, and scored a touchdown. Number six and number two on our list have to do, unfortunately, with the injury that J.K. Dobbins uh, endured. But Gus Edwards is on this list at number six. I'm not going to lie, I – I think this is fool's gold, and I'm using that correctly, I believe, in this case, because Gus Edwards is on a team that loves to essentially spread the ball out in the way they run the ball. You know, J.K. Dobbins is one that he would have been the guy getting the most targets, but overall, they like to spread their carries around to different people. So, Gus Edwards, I don't know that I would trust him. He's the oldest running back, I believe, outside of Melvin Gordon on their roster. And he's often had some injury concerns, too, if you if you look at his history even. Um, he has not played really a full season since 2020. Um, I mean, he didn't play at all last year. I'm sorry, he didn't play at all in 2021. Played in nine games last year. He's not played a full season since 2020. Prior to that, he was good for about 700 yards a season, but he's just not been able to do that. Last year had 87 attempts, which is half of what he's used to getting, and 433 yards. I just don't see him doing anything of note. Kendrick Bourne, though, I do, on the other hand, think that this is an interesting thing. He had 11 targets against a Philadelphia secondary that is supposed to be very, very good. He caught six passes for 64 yards, and two of those were touchdowns. Looks like Mac Jones has a favorite target. Number four is Kyron Williams. Uh, Kyron Williams is one of those guys where I think he, uh, I think he could take over for Cam Akers if you have a few more games where Akers is not able to really do anything. Williams had a nose for the end zone on Sunday. He had two touchdowns. Had 15 carries for 52 yards. That's a respectable 3.47 yards per carry. Not bad for a guy that's coming off the bench. Typically, when a guy comes off the bench as a running back, you know that they're gonna. If they're running, you you, you know he's not really someone to fear. Typically, the Jets do have a pretty scary one-two punch. But Kyron Williams, I think, carve out a really good role and possibly, possibly, unseat Akers later this season. Joshua Kelly comes in at number three. This is purely because Austin Eckler is banged up with an ankle injury and may not play, so you need Josh Kelly on your team go out and get him if you have Eckler especially go get him number two justice hill this is the guy that i I actually think could be the guy to watch he's younger uh overall he's he's stayed fairly consistent in his time in Baltimore um you know he missed some time in 21 but he's he's never played less than 15 games or I'm sorry than 12 games outside of 2021 he's been in the league five years. I expect him to be a guy that they're going to continue to lean upon, uh, and Justice Hill could get the bulk of their carries. Drum roll, please. Guys, Puka Nakua is an incredible stash in fantasy football leagues. He's an incredible stash in dynasty leagues. He had 15 targets against the Seattle secondary. That is incredible. Now, a lot of them are saying, well, this is all going to come crashing back down to earth when Cooper Cup gets back. Here's my question How can it? He caught 10 of those balls for 119 yards. If you've got Cooper Cup on one side, Tutu Atwell on the slot, Van Jefferson kind of mixing in, Fukunakua is a guy that could easily, easily get a ton of open looks because of Cooper Cup and the respect that he commands. Stafford might have found another favorite target in LA. That's Puka Nakua. Don't forget, I am predicting Vikings 30, or excuse me, Vikings 23, Eagles 30. Tomorrow we'll be back to talk about the recap of tonight's matchup. Until then, take care.